I want to speak to you briefly today on the subject matter, listen carefully, the hidden anointing. The hidden anointing. What if I tell you you can be anointed and yet simultaneously you could be hiding? The hidden anointing. The subtext or the subtitle would be hiding in the baggage of life. Hiding in the baggage of life. There once was a man named Saul who was anointed by God through the prophet Samuel. He was anointed to be king, the king of Israel, God's chosen people. And after he received his anointing and went through a process, guess what he did? On the day the world was going to know, the day that he would go public, the day that he was going to be on Facebook Live and Instagram Live simultaneously, the day of the big interview, the day, the, the, the crowning ceremony, on that day, guess what this anointed man did? He hid. He was hiding, literally hiding behind the baggage. Let me read it for you to make it legal. 1 Samuel chapter 10, 1 Samuel, Old Testament. Of course, we're going to frame it in the New Testament context in a moment. 1 Samuel chapter 10. Then Samuel, what a name Samuel, by the way. Just that name. For whatever reason, I'm biased towards that name. <laughs> then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it over Saul's head. He kissed him and said, I am doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be the ruler over Israel, his special possession. Powerful. He anointed him. Then he tells him, after I anoint you, you're going to meet three different groups of people. The, one of the groups is going to prompt you to do what you've never done before. You're going to prophesy, 1 Samuel 10, 6. At that time, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. Ooh. When you're anointed and you begin to prophesy, you have no other choice but to change. It will change you. Then, then, here's the verse that makes it legal. In verse 21, he brought each family of the tribe of Benjamin before the Lord. And finally, Saul, the son of Kish, was chosen from among them. And when they looked for him, he, they said he had disappeared. So they said, ask the Lord. So they asked the Lord, verse 22, where is Saul, the one you anointed to be the king? Where is he? And the Lord replied, it was the Lord who said it. It was the Lord who exposed them. The Lord said, he's hiding. He's hiding among the baggage. Verse 23, so they found him and brought him out, and he stood head and shoulders above anyone else. So this is real simple. You can be anointed and hiding. Some of you look just like this right now. Come here, King Saul, for a second. Here's Saul. You can't see him behind the baggage. Now go behind there. You could be anointed and your anointing could be hidden. Hidden behind the baggage of life. Behind your past. Behind things that have to do with your parental upbringing and generational realities. Behind what others did to you, what you did to yourself. Behind a myopic way of thinking where it's limited. Beyond this, this emotional overload where you're driven by your emotions rather than logical, biblical thinking. 
you're, you're hiding behind all these things, attempts that you had, broken relationships. You're hiding, you're hiding, you're hiding. And some of you are hiding because what? Because you are afraid of your future even much more than you fear your past. Some people hide because they fear the future. That you fear what's coming more than what you left behind. And because you're fearful of the future, you're hiding. You don't want to handle it. You don't want to see it. You're so traumatized by what you went through that you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're hiding. You're hiding. You're hiding. Before we get to what knocks that down, the baggage of life, I'm here to tell you right now that you're alive right now just like Saul. Samuel was explicit. You have a purpose. You have an assignment. I'm here to remind you that you're alive today not by coincidence. You're alive today not by happenstance or accidents. You're alive today because you have a God-appointed, God-orchestrated, God-ordained assignment. For everyone in this audience and everyone streaming around the world, I want to remind you that God has called you. Let me say that one more time. God has called you. God has chosen you. God saved you. God delivered you. God healed you. Not just for you to have a title and a testimony, but for you, not just to occupy space, but for you to occupy destiny. There is purpose with your name on it. I dare you to repeat, there is purpose with my name on it. That God-ordained, Christ-bought purpose is an assignment for you. But the day, that day, Samuel said, because you have an assignment, I'm going to anoint you. I'm going, can you come here, Saul, real quick? To anoint is to place, that word anoint is to take oil and place it on someone. Let me tell you what it means. In the Old Testament, it meant God has chosen you. The anointing means you have been chosen by God. So this is God on you so you can fulfill his purpose. So we want everyone to know that you are anointed. Saul was anointed. David was anointed three times. We'll get into that in the next couple of weeks. The anointing matters. It's, 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 the oil is symbolic of the presence of God. That's the Old Testament now. I want you to hear me. So in the Old Testament, if Pastor Nathan wouldn't have that new season hat on, get the merch, go to the website, newseasonworship.org. Anyway, good little advertisement there. But if, if it weren't for that, it, I, I would take this, and the way they would do it, they would pour it from here, from the top to the bottom. Because if it falls here, it's going to impact everything else. So that's why, you know, people talk about, can you anoint my heart and anoint my spirit? The first thing you got to anoint is your mind. You miss that. If you anoint your way of thinking, you want anointing so you can lay hands on the sick. First, you got to anoint your way of thinking because it's your mind. The mind is the battlefield. It's the battlefield of your existence. If you can get this under control, take every thought into captivity. If you can rebuke every bad thought, every ill thought, every thought against the will of God, everything else will emerge out of that. Are you with me right now? So that, that's why it begins with the head. But that's the Old Testament. What am I telling you? That, that, that even though we do it in church because it's symbolic and God honors this biblical sacrament because it's biblically substantiated, even in the New Testament, we no longer have to pour out the bottle on you. Why? Because believe it or not, the anointing is no longer on you exclusively. The anointing now lives inside of you. Oh, you missed that. 
if you're in this auditorium and you're streaming and Christ is the Lord of your life, I have news for you. You don't need someone to come along with oil and pour it on your head to make you and get you out of your back and do your no, 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 no. You don't need any of that. Why? The anointing, 1 John 2, 27 says, the anointing, which is the Holy Spirit, lives inside of you. What am I telling you? You are anointed. I dare you to raise your right hand and say, I am anointed. Now say it like you believe it. Say, I am anointed. Matter of fact, dare to say, not only am I anointed, my family is anointed. My dream is anointed. My future is anointed. My coming in and my coming out is anointed. Because wherever I go, the Spirit of God is with me. In every moment, in every circumstance, you are anointed. The anointing. Somebody say the anointing. The anointing is God's super over your natural. So it's no longer operating with your nature. You actually live out through the nature of God. The anointing is God's yes when your flesh says no. The anointing is heaven's triple shot espresso. When, life, when your life is tired and exhausted, that's the anointing. The anointing will not just equip you to fail or survive. No, the anointing will make sure, will make certain that you thrive. The anointing grants you authority, Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. The anointing provides knowledge, 1 John 2.20. You have been anointed by the Holy One and you have all the knowledge you need. The anointing grants you protection, 1 Samuel 24, verse 6. It says, the Lord forbid that I should do this, that I should harm, because he is the anointed one. When you are anointed, there are things that cannot touch you. When you I said, when you are anointed, there are things that cannot touch you. Well, I dare you to say that, but you have to believe it. I need you to look at COVID-19 and say, I am anointed. I dare you to look at every devil, demon, legion, principality, and power of darkness that has risen against you and your family and say you will not touch this family because this is not just a family. This is an anointed family. The Spirit of God lives in this house. Anointed, 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 anointed. One more time, say, I am anointed. I am anointed, I am anointed. It's that reality. But I, I need to warn you that when you receive this anointing, because it happened to Saul, when you receive this anointing in chronological order, when you receive this anointing, things happen. People will not, this is, number one, people won't recognize you because you become a different person. The, the spirit of God makes you different. When you're filled with God's spirit, you talk different, you walk different, you think different, you act different, you interact different, you react differently. You're not who you used to be. There has to come a moment when you are filled with God's spirit where people go, I don't recognize you anymore. Now I'm speaking prophetically. You can't live the same. You can't be the same before Jesus and after Jesus and try to tell me that you have Jesus. It's impossible. Something has to change. Don't, don't mess it up. Don't give me this false theology that nothing changes. That's a lie from the pit of hell. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, the old things have passed away and you are a new creation creation means all of you is new i don't know about you have you ever been to a place in your walk where people said i don't recognize you anymore you're not who you used to be now i'm gonna prophesy when you come out of this covid thing people are gonna look at you and say whatever happened to you you have more authority you walk with more you talk with more authority i hear you talk i hear you walk you pray differently you praise differently you worship differently you testify differently when you come 
came out of this COVID as you come out of it. And even in the midst of it, you're going to be more vociferous about your testimony than ever before. Before you were shy about telling people of look what the Lord has done. Now, uh-uh, you're going to open up your mouth. I don't care how introverted you may be. You're going to come out of your shell and you're going to tell the whole world that serve the Father. Serve the Father. So, and then he goes, so, by the way, you're going to go back. Two guys are going to find you. And they're going to say, wait, we found the donkey, but now your dad's looking for you. All right? That's a good thing. Then you're going to find a couple of other guys. And these other guys, these guys, this group of guys, actually three of them, they're going to have resources for you. <laughs> and then, and you're also going to meet a group of people, and they're going to prophesy. This is so cool. This is, I mean, I'm going to say this one more time. Look, you're going to meet a group of people that will remind you that your past assignment is over. You're no longer looking for the donkey because the donkey has been found. Hey, Saul, your last chapter is over. You're gonna, God's going to send you a group of people that will push you towards your future because your past is now over. You're going to find a group of people that are going to provide the resources you need. You miss that. When you're anointed, God will, God will send people your way to remind you. You're I'm here to tell you your family will not lack. Your children will not lack. Your children and your children's children will not lack. Why? Because you are anointed. I dare you to praise God like you are. If you receive this, lift up your hands. One more time. When you're anointed. People will not recognize you. Number two, when you're anointed, God will send people your way. People to remind you that your previous assignment is over. People that will provide what you need for your current assignment. And then the third group are the people that will activate the prophetic in you. Read it. The third group. They gathered and he began to prophesy. Dude, he never prophesied before. But once you're around people that are prophetic, and in church we've made this so mysterious, and we've made it so, ooh, the prophetic is speaking truth to power. The prophetic is when the Holy Spirit fills you, I feel the Lord. When some of you have prophesied and you don't even know you've prophesied. Every time you've told that person you are going to make it, every time you've told that person God is with you he hasn't given up on you watch your tomorrow will be greater than your today that's prophetic you got to start prophesying every single time you saw your alcoholic husband and instead of saying you're an alcoholic bum you said you're a child of God God's going to fill you with his Holy Spirit he's going to turn it around in your favor you call those things which are not as though they were you know what we need in America right now and around the world? You know what we need? We need a prophetic generation to rise up. No, I mean that. We need a prophetic. It speaks truth to power. It doesn't make you weird. It makes you wired. It means you're connected to God. So God speaks through you, through his word and through his spirit, but he uses people. He speaks through you. Oh, you're missing this right now. Right now, the culture is leading the church. I'm going to say it. Here's culture. The culture is leading the church. And here's the church following. Here's the church following. And the culture says, do jumping jacks. And we find the church going, okay, culture. And, and the culture says, don't smile. So the church says, we can't smile. And the culture says, do this. And the church says, do this. My God, do you think Jesus died and resurrected for the church to be the tail? The church cannot be the tail. The church must be the head. 
preaching like a madman today but I'm tired of seeing a church that is surrendering surrendering to the prophetic instead of emerging as the prophetic we need prophetic men to rise up we need prophetic mothers to rise up we need prophetic young people to rise up if you're getting this raise your hands we need a prophetic generation that will stand up and look at Pharaoh to tell Pharaoh let my people go so they may worship the living God the mighty God the great I am we need a prophetic generation to look at Nebuchadnezzar and say I don't care how much you beg me to bow I don't care how much you threaten me to bow I'm not gonna bow to anyone but Jesus I'm not gonna succumb to anyone but God we need a prophetic generation to look at Herod and say go tell that fox when Herod said you got to stop praying healing the sick and preaching the word go tell that fox Jesus one of his greatest declarations they told him Herod wants to kill you Herod said if you don't stop healing people and preaching he's gonna kill you and Jesus said Luke one of the greatest comebacks and you telling me that Jesus couldn't get feisty feisty Jesus said go tell that fox that I'm going to continue preaching what I'm preaching. I'm going to continue to heal the sick. He even said, I'm going to continue to cast out demons and devils because on the third day, hey, hey, on the third day, that's who we are. On the third day, we have that spirit, that resurrection spirit. Stand with me. You are standing. If you're at home, you won't stand with me. Go right ahead. I think I've preached harder today than I've preached this entire year. Some of you who are streaming for the first time going, why is that guy so loud? Because I'm tired of being told to shut up. And every time... They tell me to be silent. I'm going to raise my volume and let the world know that Jesus is Lord, that he loves you, that he loves you, that he loves you, that he loves you. You're standing with me. When you're anointed, you will prophesy. When you're anointed, you will encounter groups that will push you, that will provide for you, and that will activate the prophetic in you those three groups I got in full disclosure I'm a man of the word when you when you're anointed people will talk about you when he began to prophesy the Bible says this I'm just reading it verse 12 1 Samuel 10 can anyone become a prophet how in the world they actually said are you kidding 
He can't prophesy. Who is he to prophesy? Oh, anyone can prophesy now? Everyone's a prophet now. Anyone can become a prophet. You're always going to get your haters and your critics. When you're anointed, people will come against you. Especially if you don't water down the gospel. Especially if you don't sacrifice truth. People will come against you. That's why it's easier to be quiet and say nothing. Silence is accommodation. Silence is acquiescence. Silence is cowardly. I just said it. As Christians, we have to speak truth with love. Not just truth and not just love. If all you do is speak truth, you're a mathematician. If all you do is speak love, you're a hippie. But if you combine them, you're a Christian. And I always want to remind you, I've tweeted this, quoted this. It's one of those, who speaks into you is much more important than who speaks about you. If you're getting this word, raise your hand. If you got it. Can you go back to hiding, please? Can you believe with everything I just told you that he experienced? I just told you everything he experienced. He was anointed. He encounters three groups. They give him stuff. They tell him your old assignment is over. They prophesy with him. They activate the prophetic. Even with all that, that's what he did. He was hiding. He just saw God. He prophesied. He why would he still hide? Because he feared his future much more than his past. Because his number one critic was not the haters. They were not the haters that criticized him when he prophesied. The number one critic he had was himself. There's no way that I can become. There's no way. There's no way. All of a sudden this happened. Where is he? Where is he? We're anoint God's anointed the king. We're going to announce him now. His name is Saul. Saul, where are you? Saul didn't show up. Does anyone know? We don't know. Let's ask God. God knows where he's hiding because God knows where you're hiding. God knows where you're hiding right now. What are you hiding behind? That's the question right now. Are you hiding behind your past, your failures? Are you hiding behind things that people are not aware of? Are you hiding behind generational elements, the way you were brought up, your upbringing? Or are you hiding behind declarations and definitions of men and even government that want to label you in a box and keep you there? What are you hiding behind? Old excuses? What are you hiding behind? Secret sin? What are you hiding behind? He literally was hiding behind the baggage. Hebrew word for furniture, baggage, rubbish. Yeah. Watch this. They found him because they found the baggage. Look for the baggage, you'll find Saul. Oh, wow. And when they brought him out, he stood head and shoulders above everyone else. I want you to hear this. Head and shoulders means above. The moment you come out of your hiding place, you will not be here. You will be up here. You missed that. 
You are, I'm, now I'm speaking to you prophetically. You're about to stand head and shoulders above everyone else. Not for your ego to be somehow reinforced, but for Christ to be exalted through your testimony and your place of influence. Are you ready to stand head and shoulder? Christians, Christianity speaks to a group of people. We are called to be the head, not the tail. We are called to lead. We lead. We lead. We should be leading culture. We should be reforming the culture. We should be leading the conversations. We shouldn't be coming in and doing what everyone else is doing. We should be leading it. So go back, Saul. This is going to be a little bit dramatic. I want to show you this and I'm done and we'll say goodbye. I could come here right now, therapeutically speaking, which is healthy and good and remove all of these boxes one by one. I want to remove the box of the pain of your past broken relationship. If this is the divorce box, I want to address the divorce box and put it down here so it's no longer impeding and obstructing the view. No, I could do all that and it's okay to do it. And on many occasions it's healthy and it's all right. But I'm going to tell you what Jesus does. The moment you have a powerful encounter with the living God, you're hidden. That's you. You're hiding. You're hiding. You're hiding. You're anointed, but you're hiding. You have purpose, but you're hiding. You've been called, but you're hiding. And Jesus comes along and says, I could go one by one and I could do that, or my blood and my spirit could come up. See him. See him prophesy. See him lift up my name. See him preach the word. See him cast out devils. See him walk by faith and not by sight. See him live a holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, honoring life. And with that life, he will exalt God and he will change the world. That's what Jesus does to your baggage. He removes it so the world can see his glory through you. Stop hiding. Stop hiding. You're anointed. God loves you. You have purpose. Stop hiding. Christ paid the price to deal with all of your baggage. Lift up your hands. Father, right now, we need you, Christ, as we embrace the fullness of what you did on the cross and subsequently through your resurrection. We need you, Jesus, right now to remove whatever baggage in our lives currently obstructs and impedes the world from seeing the fullness of your glory through us and in us. Lord, some of us are hiding in our past, in our shame, in our failures, in our own self-criticism. Lord, we're hiding. Lord, that hiding day comes to an end right here, right now. This is the last day we will hide. We're coming out. We're coming out of the hidden baggages of life, and we are exposed by you. We're not exposed by you for you to condemn us. We are exposed by you for your saving, delivering grace to saturate us. So we receive it right now. Lord, thank you for removing the baggages. Thank you for anointing us. Thank you, dear God, for calling us for such a time as this. Lord, we receive it. If you receive it, say amen. Everyone repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for your resurrection, for giving me eternal life, new life and abundant life. Heavenly Father, I am grateful that Christ is Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name.